Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast series from Living Hope Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas. Today our reading comes from Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abram and God's promises. Thanks for listening. God bless you. All right. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, You know, years ago, uh, not long after I came back to the church after a, a long absence, and I was reading the Bible, and I was participating in ministries at church, and intentionally building my own prayer habits and, and things like that. These are some of the things that we might consider uh, marks of discipleship, or, or uh, growing as a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. And I was working in my job, of course, but I felt this need for change, like there was something else I was supposed to be doing, like there was some other direction I should be going. And... And I said the same prayer every night, asking God to lead me, to show me where to go. And I would pray that prayer every night, night after night before I would go to sleep. I would say, God, lead me and I'll follow. Show me where to go and I will go. But always be careful what you pray for, right? Yeah. Uh, I, and I would pray that prayer. But little did I know that it would lead me to uh, hearing God's call to ministry in my life. I didn't know it would lead my family and I to seminary in Dubuque, Iowa, of all places, or that we would find ourselves back in Las Vegas and serving in this congregation for the last eight years. I couldn't have known. I'm sure now this was an answered prayer, this calling. And I would ask that question all the time, and I still do. What is it that God wants us to do? What is it, where is it that God wants us to go? I was talking to a man in line at the Smith's grocery store the other night, and uh, we started talking about faith. And uh, I knew it was probably a a pretty good one to have a conversation with. He had a big face of Jesus hanging on a gold chain around his neck. Uh, So I knew I was simpatico. Okay, I could talk to this guy. Uh, We went from talking about this massive aisle of Halloween decorations, uh, which was up since August, and saying how soon it would be Christmas stuff, but we know that's not what Christmas is really about. The difference between commerce and the meaning of Christmas. And it sparked up this conversation. And he asked me, what is it that Jesus commanded us? And I think it's because when you tell someone you're a pastor, they want to quiz you. (laughs) See if you're telling the truth. But he he was saying that, well, Jesus commanded, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I said, yes, of course. Well, you know. I said to him, well, you know, he was just repeating scripture that he was taught his whole life. He was reciting scripture he knew from childhood when he was a little one, from Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And he was a little surprised by that. He was like, oh, hmm, thought that was, thought that was a new thing. Uh, but no, it's not. And uh, I would have loved to continue that conversation, but the line was moving and my popsicles were melting. Uh, so as we departed, we shared blessings. God bless you. God bless you. And I thought about how later, before his death, Jesus would give his disciples that new commandment, right? Love one another as I have loved you, as he washed their feet around the table at that last supper. To love one another as I have loved you. Was that really a new commandment? I don't know. I don't know. Continuation of the original, maybe. I mean, today we hear Jesus, after the resurrection, give more direction. We call it the Great Commission. Where are we supposed to go? He says, go and make disciples. Baptize them, teach them. But if you never read the Hebrew Bible, those scriptures we often refer to as the Old Testament, 
You might think these instructions to the disciples were totally different, something totally new, unknown to people. But as we hear this morning, God's commands, God's promises to Abram were a wonderful beginning of this covenant with God's people, giving them direction, leading them, showing them where to go. See, I knew since I was little that Jesus loved me. You know, we sang the song in Sunday school. My family members told me so. My missionary great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, pastors, all those Bible stories we would read. I went to a Trinity Lutheran school for a, a few years and heard plenty of that stuff. But then as I grew, I thought, well, I can do this stuff on my own. And, and really, the world teaches us that the only one I can really trust is myself. And I better just watch out for number one. God was, in my late teens and early 20s, too far away to really help. Or was God even real? I wondered. I was struggling with that. And I think a lot of people are in that place these days. It can be a really hard reality to break from. It's hard to know anything else is possible when we make our world so small as to think we're the only ones in it. Abram couldn't possibly imagine how he could have a child, an heir to continue his family line for his name to be remembered after his life was over. His wife, Sarai, the, the first woman we hear about in scripture to be named as barren, could not have a child. And Abram must have been praying too because the Lord showed up and spoke, telling him pretty clearly where to go and why. Go from your country and your kindred to your father's house and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Abram is to be a blessing. Not just Abram, but Abram's whole family, Abram's descendants, all of, all of them down the line. Not to give or receive a blessing, though he will give and receive blessings too. But God's promise is that Abram himself will be a blessing. And when I think about this church, when I think about all the ones that have come here over the years, all the ones that have come before us, the saints who were here eight, eight years ago, like Marie and Joanne and Gail and Jerry and his mom Eileen and Herb and Adele and Warren and Samuel and Dennis and Ange and Jack and Cal and Bob and Betty and more. And all you ones nodding right now have those faces in your mind and those deep memories and the love they shared here. Helen, when you drove up this morning, I half expected Samuel to get out of the passenger side. <laughs> Good memories. But I remember how you all have been a blessing to me and to my family. Not, not given, not, not, not held up your hand and said, God bless you, you are the blessing. That's powerful. Something started here even long before those ones, though before you or I got here, even. It's not finished yet. To live and serve in ministry here with you has opened my eyes, opened my heart to God's grace in new ways. And the Spirit of God in this place has transformed me. 
and made us all into something else so that we might continue to be a blessing for others in this community too. But we throw around that word a lot, blessing, pretty easily. What does it mean? Does it mean a gift, something I give to you, something we can touch or see? We might say, God bless you, after someone sneezes. Isn't that so? Because people thought their soul was leaving their body in a sneeze, so we had to stuff it back in there. I suppose it's as good a reason to bless someone as any other, but I, but kind of arbitrary. Uh, sure, our children are blessings to us, right? And even when they make noise and fall over in the chairs, I tell people, if the baby ain't crying, the church is dying. We're glad they're here. They are a blessing to us. To have food, to have our daily bread is a blessing. To give our offerings, to give where we can to help is a blessing. And we're blessed when we do it. But we don't earn blessings. It's not a transaction. We're not more blessed when we give more or do more or speak well or study harder or smile a lot or break our bodies for the sake of one task or another. We are blessed. Abram is blessed. The world is blessed because God chooses to bless it, to bless us, to bless all y'all. Rolf Jacobson at Luther Seminary says that the scandal of the New Testament is that Jesus, the infinite God, made incarnate in Jesus, fully human, dies on the cross. And in the Old Testament, the astonishing scandal is that God would choose Abraham and Sarai to be descendants and to bless the world. Scandalous. Why them? What did they ever do? They were human too. Faithful, okay. Yes, they were not perfect. It can be a tough thing to be chosen, to be called out for a purpose. And we see so many throughout Scripture try not to be. We heard Noah last week. His story kind of ends in a scandal. Moses asked God to choose anyone else but him. Isaiah wasn't worthy. Jeremiah was too young. Mary was not married. Judas was a traitor. Peter was thick-headed. Yet God chose them to be blessings. The command to go has promise attached here for Abram and for us too. Promise is actually that God would make Abraham a great nation to make his name great and give them the land to which they were sent. What do we really know about Abram at this point? The only thing we can really say is that he obeyed. God told him where to go and he went. And when he arrived at the place, he worshiped the Lord. He set up an altar. Praise God. He built an altar, a place to connect with and pray, to connect with the divine, to receive God's blessings, to hear God's voice. But the blessing, again, wasn't just for Abraham and Sarah. See, they went through a name change too. How about that? Kind of interesting, right? Abraham and Sarah would be the ones through whom all the nations of the world would be blessed. And being a blessing was for the sake of others, for everyone who would follow. Jesus gives clear direction to the ones who would follow him. 
Get out. Go. Keep going. Keep doing what your Lord has taught you. Love one another. Share the word with each other. Baptize and forgive each other. Forgive sins in Jesus' name. Keep showing up. You are here to be a blessing. So I tried to make good on my promise to God, too, to go where God would send me. And I went to Dubuque, and we got snowed in that first Christmas. Remember? You came to visit. <laughs> he was wearing cowboy boots, that's right. We didn't have snow boots. It was very high. I came here not quite knowing what to expect, but to meet the people, to love them, to share in God's blessing, to share God's word, to proclaim forgiveness in Jesus' name, to teach according to scripture and the confessions, even got to baptize a few. Good times. We've had conflict, we've had grief, we've had worry, but we've grown in so many ways in connection with our community, in relationship with one another, and in faith as we show up to hear this good news. That you have shared in God's blessings and been a blessing to me, to my family, and to our neighbors. But guess what, folks? We're not done yet. We keep going. We keep showing up because still you are called to. Even though you don't know what will come next, you have been chosen right there at those waters, called and chosen to be a blessing for others. Called in Christ. For, from Abraham and Sarah and all the families of God through the prophets and every nation, the word does what it says it will. You are marked with the sign of the cross. Jesus, who died and is risen, continues to call you, to invite you, to send you to be disciples, to learn and to teach, to listen and pray, to worship and go, to hear the gospel and share it as the heart of Christ in the heart of the city. You have been welcomed so that you can welcome others. You have been forgiven so you can tell people they are forgiven children of God too. All the ones you meet in grocery lines and in community meetings and school and work and downtown and on the strip and in all the places you go. And if you don't want know what to say, just smile and say, Jesus loves you. God be with you. Because that's a promise too. That Jesus is here and will never leave you. Continue to be with you always, even to the end of the age. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.